Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing OnboardNWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited today because I'm here with Brandy Harris. Brandy is a marriage and family therapist and licensed community counselor at Oaks Consulting, based here in Springdale. And actually, I want to just give a quick shout out to Aaron Rowe for introducing Brandy to me and and, uh, several months ago, I might add. And see, she said, I know somebody that you should talk to, and I think she would be great on the podcast. And Aaron is such a good judge of character, so I appreciate her. This is a shout out to Chef Aaron Rowe, Ozark's Culinary Tours, and just all the great stuff that Aaron is doing. I mean, she's an amazing chef if you ever need one, but the bottom line is she's good people, and she's really what Northwest Arkansas is all about. So I'm really excited to sit here with Brandy today and learn a little bit more about what she's doing and uh, what makes her so special. And I think this is actually 
a cool episode. I've been looking forward to this just because of everything that we we collectively have been going through here in Northwest Arkansas and beyond when it comes to just life in general, right? We're coming out of this pandemic. Some of us are are coming out with our shoes on backwards, our clothes on backwards because we, we don't know whether we're coming or going. And, and that's like life, right? I mean, I was telling somebody the other day that, um, you know, I was reminded there there's a good book that says trouble you will have with you all the days of your life. So I know a lot of times we want things to all be peaches and bubblegum day in and day out, but that's just not the case. And I think uh, Brandy is going to have something to share with us about how we manage and cope with things. So this is going to be a little bit of a different episode for you for I Am Northwest Arkansas. It actually may be therapeutic. You may get some ideas out of this, and I'm hoping that my line of questioning pulls something out of out of Brandy that she's able to share with you some things that you might want to think about as you're dealing with your own stuff, right? Because we all have stuff to deal with. So without further ado, I want to welcome Brandy Harris to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good, good. Good to have you on the podcast. Good to be here. Thank you for having me at your location here. You guys are right off of 412, kind of like over there by the Buffalo Wild Wings, Mm -hmm. just um, west of 49. So Mm -hmm. easy to get to, actually. So Right in the middle of Northwest Arkansas. Right, right in the middle of everything. 20 minutes from everywhere. Yeah, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. So so give us, because you you know this is coming. I already told you this beforehand. Mm -hmm. Share your superhero origin story. You can give us the Cliff Note version of who Brandy Harris is so our audience can have an idea and learn a little bit more about you. Sure. So I actually grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma and have slowly migrated this direction. Once I got married, started moving this way and have moved every couple of years until we got to this point. About 11 years ago, we moved into Northwest Arkansas. And I grew up, you know, honestly, white middle-class family, pretty typical middle-class and had a great childhood in Tulsa. But since moving here, have have really enjoyed a little bit more diverse population. And we live in the country now, which I actually love way more than living in the city. And we sit on my porch a lot. I actually started out as a swim coach. That was my original career. Oh, okay. Did that first for about 10 years and loved it, loved coaching, but it's not a great it's not a great opportunity for anyone who's wanting to be home with their kids on the nights and the weekends. So when I started having kids, just shifted careers a little bit to do something I could do a little bit more during the day. Yeah. And I really liked it, got into it and really loved it and love, I've always loved people. They're fascinating and they keep me on my toes. I'm never bored, which is great. So yeah, started doing counseling in 2007 and I also write. I just kind of, as a part of my life, that's been a very therapeutic thing for me, you know, journaling and things like that originally, and then have shifted into, well, shoot, I have so much in my head, I might as well put it down on a piece of paper and let someone else read it if they want to. So (laughs) um, that's where my books ended up coming from, just writing my own experiences, what I'm going through, and, and hoping that other people can hear those things and find hope in them and grace in them and um, maybe maybe some inspiration or at least laugh a little bit at my mistakes because that's important when you're trying to live. Absolutely. So, I yeah. mean, as a counselor too, I mean, I, I would imagine that you've got stories for days. I, I mean, do. You've, you've, yeah. seen, you've seen and heard everything. Yes. yes. So that's important, right? And, and yes. I just, I'm looking here at two of your books. You have mm-hmm. a, a book called Grace for Parents. I mm-hmm. kind of need this right now <laughs> uh, with three boys. And then you have another book called Love Well. And 
This book is, uh, you call it a fragmented portrait of an ordinary person being loved in extraordinary ways Mm -hmm. by finding her voice and telling us her story. Harris clears the path for others to reflect and do the same. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it is true because I think if you don't love yourself, it's hard to love anybody else. Right. And I think a lot of us, we struggle in that area. We're yeah. so hard on ourselves. And, you know, I, I got to think that with this pandemic and with a lot of the psychological barriers that this pandemic has created for people, mm-hmm. that it is, self-love has, has taken, is, is on the mat right now, right? Because yeah. I, I think a lot of people have been kind of hard on themselves in this, yeah. in this season, right? When mm-hmm. really, there was really nothing we could do about the pandemic. Right. Well, and when you're isolated, you know, if you're, if you're only connecting with people through screens or maybe not connecting with anyone at all, yeah, you just hear way too much of your own voice in your head, which, I mean, I, I've just found tends to be negative for a lot of people. They say ugly things to themselves and they're unkind and pretty harsh. And so you hear too much of that and it's it's hard to drown it out. You know, it's hard to believe anything else if all you're hearing is the negative inside your own head. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit uh, just about your your kind of your marriage and family practice and how it works and just kind of walk us through what it's like. Because I know that for some people, there's a stigma walking Mm -hmm. into these doors, right? right? It's like, I'm broken. I don't need help. It's, you know, even I, I mean, I I am a a healthy adult male, 50 years of age. I've Mm -hmm. kind of been there, done that. I don't really need any help. I can Mm -hmm. manage this on my own and Mm -hmm. I don't need to go see no no stinking therapist for any help or advice. (laughs) But but how how do you kind of break those barriers down in that thought process? Sure. I mean, most people who make it into my office have already worked through some of those things. You know, the it does take, I think, some humility to actually own that you personally have things that you need to work on. Just to say that to yourself and then to admit it is hard, but being willing to go see a counselor is, is really the beginning of saying, yeah, I have things I need to work on. And I think I might have more success with that if I actually allow someone else to come into that process with me. So, and you know, what's funny is most people, they just want to read a book first. You know, well, I don't know what to do. I don't like this thing in my life. Well, what book should I read? You know, tell me what book I should read. And and sometimes when people get here, that's exactly what they're asking for. Just tell me what the tools are. Give me the tools and I will fix them really quickly. <clears throat> and they think they're only going to be here like a couple of sessions. And and some people are, you know, some people just come for a couple of sessions at the beginning. It feels more like a consult than counseling. But more oftentimes than not, that happens. And then like six months to a year or so later, they'll come back and say, I think maybe I need to do a little bit more work than just reading the book. Like there's a deeper issue here and I want to do, I want to do, I want it to be a more permanent fix, not just a band-aid type situation or, you know, hurry up and figure it out. But, you know, I'm I'm hurting deeply or or just I I don't like the dynamic and I really don't know what to do with it. So whether it's not going well with my kids or it's not going well in my marriage but I want some more tools and I want to dive deeper into where the problem came from maybe. And I want, I want some healing that lasts longer than, you know, a week or two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not a quick fix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It takes time. So, Mm -hmm. so you, you obviously have clients that you've seen for years probably. I do. I do. And my goal is not to see them their whole lives. You know, I don't really want to have permanent clients. Most of the time, people will come pretty intensely at the beginning. Um, they might come every week for three or four weeks. And then once they get some some health back into their system, then they will usually taper off a little bit, you know, come every other week or maybe once a month. 
And then usually they get to a place of health where they just want to like check in once every six months or so, like you might check in with a doctor. Just, you know, kind of a self-assessment, like, you know, ask me the hard questions that I don't know to ask myself or ask me the hard questions that my friends don't know to ask me some accountability or some just, you know, they, they want to stay on the right track. They feel good about where they're at, but they're like, I just want to make sure that I'm staying on the right track and I'm doing the right thing. So they'll just, you know, check in every once in a while or I'll say, just, you got my number. So just call me when you need me. And I'm still their counselor, but I don't, you know, we've, we've technically closed their case and I'm not, I'm not maintaining what's going on with them. I'm just available to them. I got you now. and, And I know for some people, the barrier to this is like, well, you know, this is, Go to going to counseling. That's 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 for rich people. That's for folks with with means, right? Because uh-huh. I mean, and I this let's that. real talk, mm-hmm. right? Let's mm-hmm. let's talk about it. And yep. so, how do you how do you overcome that objection for some yeah. people where it's like, oh, I can, I could never afford to do that. Right. I can barely afford to go to right. Walmart and keep food on the table. Right. I mean, my first argument is always, if if you were having a heart attack, would you tell me I can't afford to go to the hospital? Is right. that what you would say, or would you say? We're going to the hospital. It doesn't matter how much it costs. We've got to go. And when your life is imploding or you're at at the functioning level, you know, you're very depressed or your marriage is completely falling apart. Frankly, in my mind, it really shouldn't matter how much it costs. You should go because you want you want that for your life. And if that's important to you, then you figure out a way to deal with it. But on the other side, I do understand it's expensive. It's expensive for me, too. I have insurance and it's still expensive. (laughs) I think it's important to know that most insurance companies do pay. Most plans have that behavioral health, which is what we're categorized as. So most of the time your insurance will cover it in some form. You know, you may have to do a deductible first, but, you know, to figure that out, all you do have to do is call the number on the back of your card and say, hey, I'd like to go see a counselor. And they can tell you what providers are available in your area that are covered by your insurance. And they also should be able to tell you this is how much it will cost you when you go. And even if you don't have insurance, there are actually a lot of opportunities. Um, Most counselors keep a portion of their caseload for either lower income populations or just people who are currently not able to pay. And so they'll negotiate with you. You know, sometimes it's a sliding fee scale. Sometimes it's just a lower rate. Most counselors will work with you. Now, I will tell you, most counselors I know right now are very, very full. And so it's hard to get in. And so when you call, you, you may not find anybody the first few people that you that you call. They may say, I'm sorry, I'm full, or I hope they call you back. But even right. if they don't call you back, please keep trying because there are people who are available. Like we keep a couple of interns here that work for lower rates, which is really great because even if you can't afford, you know, someone who's fully licensed, you can get a, you know, an intern that's still got some supervision. They have great skill or they wouldn't be working here, but right. they can definitely help you out for a cheaper rate. So that that's what I would suggest. It's like, first of all, you should be willing to pay. Second of all, if you can't pay, remember you've got insurance and people will work with you. Don't let that be a barrier for healing. Does Medicare or Medicaid cover behavioral health? They do. A lot of the smaller practices don't aren't credentialed with Medicaid sure. or Medicare. We are not, um, but the bigger agencies are like Ozark Guidance. So if, if you can connect with them. They they usually have room in their caseload and can take you on. And that's usually free. If you have Medicare and Medicaid, you usually can come for free. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. I got you. So tell me this, because I mean, your job, you've got to be an astute listener. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that, that that's an understatement, I'm assuming, right? So how did you develop your active listening skills and, and how do you continue to hone those? Because that's actually something that I'm working on and I'm not 
I have no desire to counsel anyone. Yeah. I'm counseling myself. I'm a counsel. <laughs> I'm a uh, practice of one. But, uh-huh. but I mean, how do you, how have you helped yeah. kind of maintain well, and develop that? I mean, doing it day in and day out, you get a lot of practice. You sure. know, if I don't do my job well, I won't have a job. So I have to pay attention in session. Um, but I would say for me personally, what, what gives me the capacity to listen is spending enough time outside of session doing the things that care for my own heart. So whether that's taking time off, you know, I, I only work four days a week because I need, I need the break in the middle of the week to recover and to frankly clear my brain of all the things I've been thinking about and hearing. And then I, I, my weekends, I really dedicate to being with my family and having fun with them and, and resting and playing. You yeah. know, those things are really crucial for me to have the capacity to listen and go deep and hard with people I have to be able to empty that out in some other time in some other way so that I can be calm and focused and aware and available. So lucky you, you got me on a Monday morning. <laughs> right. How about that? How yeah. about that? So uh-huh. yeah, and that, that definitely makes sense. And I, I could totally see that. And you're still able to manage a decent caseload in yes. four days mm-hmm. and yeah. take care of things. I, I, I kind of have set a max for myself of 20 clients a week. So okay. I'll see five a day for four days. And sometimes that varies just a little bit, but over having practiced for over 10 years, I really have learned what I can do and what I can't do. You know, there have been times in my career where I would see like eight clients a day and (laughs) I was worthless by the end of the day and had nothing to give my family and really couldn't recover even for the next day. So um, learning how, how many I can, how many stories I can handle in a day, how many people I can handle in a day, how many people I can handle in a week. That's kind of been a slow process of figuring out just where my heart is and what's what season of life we are in as a yeah. family. And that all plays into how much I can handle and, and still be a whole healthy person in, in the rest of my life. Okay. And so kind of talking about, because I'd love to unpack this just a little bit, but just this whole idea, like, and I know we always have people listening to this podcast that might be moving here or relocating mm-hmm. here. And so maybe they're wondering, well, what is the counseling scene like here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a big city, you take for granted that there is a counselor on every block and right. there's people accessible. How would you rate the counseling and, and right. therapy scene here as yeah. far as that's concerned? So we have two, the U of A and John Brown, which are both in Northwest Arkansas, are both have counseling schools. And so we have a ton of counselors in this area. Um, there are several big agencies, including some inpatient hospital facilities for more intensive cases. But we have a ton of small practices and group practices. I mean, you could you could easily Google counseling in Northwest Arkansas and come up with 42 different options. My best recommendation for finding one that is good for you is to start talking with people that you're meeting and you know. If you feel brave enough to say, hey, we're looking for a counselor, do you have anyone you recommend? That's the best way to go. Um, because that way you're going to kind of weed out some of those that maybe are not best suited for caring for people. That way you're, uh, and even even when you do find someone, you think, okay, you know, I've heard Brandy Harris. I heard her on the radio. She's really great. You know, I can, I can talk to her. You call me and I say, I'm sorry, I, I, my caseload is full or whatever I might say. But I say, tell me a little bit about your case and then I can refer you to someone else. And I may, I personally would, I usually first refer within our practice, within Oaks Counseling. But then if, if no one here has 
availability or, or we just can't take your type of case, then I will refer you to someone else down the line that I trust. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to send you to whomever. I, the only time I have to do that really is if it's a Medicaid or a Medicare case. I'm usually just saying, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to call Ozark Guidance because I they rotate clinicians often enough that I'm not going to know someone specific there, but I know that they can take your insurance. And, and so I would rather do that than just send you to say, call somebody, you know, yeah. that, that can't also take you. So have you had a chance to talk to people that have gone to those lo- to, like Ozark's guidance and had a good experience? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, it's a little bit, it's hit or miss. I, I want to be really honest about that. It's hit sure. or miss. There are times that you're going to get a fairly new clinician and it's just not a good match for you. And I, I, I honestly, I think even good counselors are not necessarily a great match for everyone. So you know, I, I know people who have gone to Ozark Guidance and have had good experiences, and I know who people who have been there and it's not been a good experience. So I usually just say, if you get there and it's not a good fit for you, then you you ask for someone else. You say, I'm sorry, this isn't a good fit for me. Can we please see someone else? And they they have a such a huge pot of counselors that they're pulling from that they can set you up with someone different after that. Yeah, because there's not there's no like Yelp for counselors, right? I mean. You know, you know, I actually think there are some like Google review kind of things. Yeah, I've um, seen I mean, some of those. But I think most people are they want more confidentiality than to put their review. <laughs> and also, I mean, I guess there's the concern that that says more about you than it does about the counselor if you, you know, I, if you really don't like your experience, even though that's not true, people just have that, you know, that gut feeling of I'm just kind of laying all my cards on the table there when I say yeah. I've been to this person or, you know, so I, I don't know. It's hard. It, Your best route is to ask people that you know if they know anyone close and, by. And, and word of mouth is definitely how we uh, we actually uh, identified a counselor for uh, for for one of our sons that mm-hmm. wanted to just get some just to talk through some yeah. things and and. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, I think people think that you know, that's only for people that are sick or people right. that, are, that are really struggling. And or, it's like right. really crazy or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's like you don't have to be tripping out on acid to go, no. to go see a counselor. No. So no. as a matter of fact, if you are tripping out on acid, you may need a, a much something a much bef- more, before you get to exactly, the counselor. Yeah. But, but I mean, for the <laughs> yeah. average person um, yeah. that is just struggling with the every the 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 challenges of life, right? right? I mean, life right. punches us in the face on a daily yes. basis. Yes. And, you know, it's the real mark of an individual, male or female, is is how you react right. to those events. Right. Your right? humility and responding to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because what gets you help. They're going to come mm-hmm. any way that you look at it. So mm-hmm. my encouragement really for people nowadays, and, and I guess with everything that you're seeing in the news and all this talk about mental health being mm-hmm. such a major factor mm-hmm. that we're really not, we're not serving, we're not treating mental health as important as we should be treating right. it. Right. We dismiss it or say it's like a sidebar, like you'll be fine, just get over it. It's one of those things where, you know, you can't look at a person and see, you can't see their mental health if you just look at the outside of their body. Right. You could see if they had a broken arm or a large gash in their leg, you know, you would say, oh, my gosh, you need help. Like, you definitely should get some help. That's a real problem. But mental health, you can't see it. And also, you got so many people who are so good at hiding it, you know, performing on a regular basis, looking like you're fine is easy to do. But you can feel the effects on the inside. And it's just as important. It's just as real, maybe even more. I mean, it affects more things in your life to have depression or anxiety or a marital struggle, you know, or I think identity. There's just so many things that people struggle with and they think, I just have to figure it out on my own when really they could have a companion alongside them helping them figure it out. Right, right. 
What are some of the biggest, the most common mm-hmm. challenges that, that you see on a yeah. regular basis that somebody listening to this might be like, they may be able to self-identify with that right. and be like, okay, maybe I do need right. to right. go see someone. Yeah. I, you know, depression and anxiety are almost always the most common things that I see. And when you say depression, it sounds so big and overarching. It's not really, it's not really as big and ugly for everybody as it can be for some. So depression can just look like I'm really not enjoying anything in my life anymore, or the things that I used to enjoy, I don't enjoy anymore. And I haven't really been able to find things that I do enjoy. Anxiety can can be anywhere from just a little bit of anxiety to a significant amount of, you know, it, it's keeping you from going out during the day. I would say most anxiety that I see people are experiencing, they just experience a regular, a regular concern and fear and can't stop thinking about yeah. the thing that they're concerned about. So whether it's their job or just, you know, the protection of their children. And it's, you know, those things are those things are important to be concerned about. It's it, it's not that that by itself is a problem, but when you can't stop and you can't ever rest and you can't ever relax and you just feel keyed up all the time, that's a problem. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be like that. We can find ways for you to be concerned about important things in your life and still be able to enjoy your life. You know, th- that's possible. So those are, those are the two main ones. And I, I, you know, you mentioned taking your kids. We take our kids too. I think one thing that's really hard, especially just kids as they become teenagers they're shifting into, they're thinking about a lot and developing who they are, figuring it out. But because of the way the human brain develops, they can't have those conversations with their parent as much as they need to. So it would be great if they could talk with their parent through all their identity and and struggles and concerns, but they really do need additional support besides just you as a parent. So Really, a counselor is a it's a it's a safe adult. It's a safe adult whose brain is fully functioning and who is on your side as the parent. You know, they they want good relationships between you and your child, and they're going to support that. But they're going to do that by protecting privacy of your child and helping them sort through some things that the child may be afraid to talk to you about. You know, they don't want to get in trouble to say those things, or they're just in that kind of stiff arm. I want to do it my own way kind of situation where they're trying to figure it out and they need. They need somebody besides you. So I think really kids and, and adolescents are are really important to get them in when they need it, when they're struggling to overcome something and you just want the support as a parent. We're not replacing, I don't ever want to be the parent for you, sure, sure. <laughs> but I want to help you be the best parent that you can be and support your kid while they're figuring it out. Yeah. Cause I mean, you don't want Instagram or TikTok or uh, Snapchat to be the sounding board no. for the challenges that your child is going through, No, you know, because yeah. that's, that, that's never going to end well. And right. it's never going to result in any type of healing taking place. Right. We always say if the, if an injury for a person has happened in relationship, then the healing needs to happen in relationship. And so you, that's why you can't read a book and figure it out. You know, you could read all about it, but it doesn't change your heart if you're not really feeling connected with someone and safe with someone and really seen and heard by another human. You really can't heal those really deep attachment wounds. Right, right. Well, I I don't want to go too, too deep on this because I could, there's rabbit holes that we could go down when we talk, (laughs) when you start talking about this. But in a former life, we, I used to do some counseling and Mm -hmm. um, from a pastoral standpoint. Yeah. And one of the things that we discovered, and I say we collectively as some of the pastors that I worked with when counseling people at a former church that I used to go to back in Mm -hmm. New England, Mm -hmm. is that there was always 
there would always be some key linkage or identifying issues, root mm-hmm. causes mm-hmm. to some of the challenges that people have in yeah. their lives. And a lot of times those root causes either went back to one or both of the parents. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I people hear about you hear about father heart issues, yeah. mother heart issues. Oh, they don't say it like that. They say daddy issues. Daddy That's what issues. They say. Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. right. <laughs> how I mean, in your estimation, how how real is that? Yeah. You know, that that's a really hard question because we don't necessarily get all the way to those initial attachment injuries with everyone that I see. Yeah. Some people aren't ready to go there. Some yeah. people don't want to go there. Yeah. But attachment, if we're really basic, is the deep knowledge of being known and seen and cared about that develops at a really early age. And so that deeply affects everyone. We say that it it kind of sets up a paradigm or a structure in your brain about how you are supposed to relate to the world and how the world works. And so if those don't go well in the first two to five years of your life, it makes it really hard to relate to the world in a healthy way if those initial structures were set up in kind of a broken way. And so, I, you know, I I tend to say when we're talking about attachment, we're really talking about you know, healthy is right in the middle where I understand that I'm valuable and worth something and people see me and hear me and, and I have a voice. And also it's safe for me to connect with others when I'm struggling. And then the the two unhealthy kind of extremes of that would be either I feel good about who I am kind of, but I can't connect with anyone because right. I have to do it all by myself. You know, I have to pull myself by my own bootstraps all the time. And if I'm hurting or sad or lonely, I just have to suck it up. And that's honestly not healthy. Yeah. Um, or just as humans, we can't really survive long term like that. We will eventually break down and feel really disconnected. And then the other extreme would be the person who feels really terribly about who they are and feels like they are only safe if they're clinging to another person and hanging on tightly to them. And so those two kind of extremes of attachment I see those all the time. And even people who are, I would say, fairly healthy on their bad days, <laughs> they lean one of those two directions, either way too overdependent or way too dependent. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, way too overly independent or overly dependent. And right. so I would say everyone, everyone has some form of that. Even the healthiest of healthy of us on our bad days, we lean one of those two directions. And so If we can identify that in people when they come in, help them look at who they are and how they operate, then we can help them figure out, yes, where that came from, but more, even more important than that is what do we do? You know, how do I operate in a different way than that? How do I relax a little bit so that I can let people in? Or how do I relax a little bit so I can stand on my own two feet? It just depends on the person, what what we're aiming for there, but I would say everyone, everyone struggles with that from in one form or another. Yeah. It just depends on what, I mean, what level of it, it, it yeah. is, right? You yeah. know, based on your experiences, your past experience. I know I went through some stuff and just kind of being transparent with my audience. I had, did, did, my parents got divorced at a young age. Yeah. So for me, that was always a challenge, right? right. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why I hold marriage in such high regard. Yeah. And so I've kind of gone to the whole other side of it where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm never, I'm never not making this work. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is what it's all about. And, right. and, uh, because, you know, because I saw my parents didn't, you know, they didn't last through the age of three for me. Yeah. I always had them in my lives, but still it was a challenge. And, and, you know, I know for some people divorce is highly traumatic. Right. 
And uh, it was for me as a young child. Right. And uh, man, I remember struggling even when my, when my father got remarried and, you know, telling my stepmother at the time, who I absolutely adore now, and we're as thick as thieves and mm-hmm. very close now, mm-hmm. you know, telling her that I, I would hope that she would never have kids because I wouldn't call them my Ooh. brother or sister. I mean, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I'm this, I'm six. Right. Right. So this is, that's yeah. how I'm, you know, that's You're how just I'm just trying to protect yourself. Exactly. And, I, and I'm sure people that are listening to this can identify and be like, yes, I was right there when, right. My, when my parent, when my parent got remarried, I was saying right. the same thing. And I mean, it's just real talk, right? Yeah. I mean, it yeah. happens. And right. and so you overcome it. But I look at, you know, over time, and, and I remember just telling her one time as I, when I was an adult and, yeah. and we just had a, we just had a real special moment because my father passed away like 20 years ago. And after he passed away, we, we got even closer. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, she is like my second mother. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I really, I'm thankful to have her in my life. And, uh, and yeah. so, you know, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm, you know, you get through that. But I guess I say all that to say is that I got to a place when I was an adult where I was able to really get cathartic with my feelings about yeah. it. And I, I apologized. And right. that's another thing that that's really, I think, hard for people is to yeah. is to admit either where they're wrong or just sometimes sometimes you got to apologize just to apologize, but mean it. Right. Right. Which is different than like, right. like, you know, sometimes it's like, I, I just want to say I'm sorry. Um and and you just have to mean it. Yeah. But it's not like you've got it, you know, you, you should unpack whatever you were dealing with, but but sometimes just saying sorry. Right. You yeah. know, is that you know, I, I it's funny, I talk <clears throat> I have a lot of people that come in and they say, <clears throat> My spouse just really wants me to apologize, but the truth is I'm not sorry. You know, and you're like, <laughs> Okay, yikes, you know, how do we work through that? But uh, one of the ways I think about it a lot is um, you know, if you and I were standing here and and I was stepping on your toe the right. whole time we were talking. Let's say I was just <laughs> stepping on your toe the whole time and I broke your toe. Right. And I had no idea I was stepping on your toe. I didn't know it. And and afterwards, you come to me and you're like, you broke my toe. And I think, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't do anything to break your toe. I, I, didn't, I don't remember that at all. Right. I wasn't trying to break your toe. Yeah. I... Would never have wanted to break your toe. And, and then I'm just mad and defensive because you're accusing me of breaking your toe. <laughs> and instead of saying, oh my gosh, I broke your toe. I am so sorry. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not apologizing for hurting you on purpose. What I'm apologizing for is having hurt you, yeah. even if I didn't mean to hurt you. Yeah. And so figuring out how to help them see this is your spouse and they're really hurting and you played a role in them being hurt, even if you didn't mean to hurt them, is a way that you can come around and say, I'm, I am so sorry. And, and I want to know what happened. And I want to understand because I, I don't want to make that same mistake again. Absolutely. I don't want to accidentally hurt you. Even if I was acting like a brat and stomped on your toe on purpose, I can own that. And I can also say, but I also didn't mean to break your toe. Sure. You know, I, you know figuring out where you land in that apology or in the compassion for your spouse or your friend or your child, even if you didn't intend to hurt them, you know, you can find a way to be compassionate, even if you didn't, don't want to own it the way they want you to own it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm kind of thinking about like, it's always like when I'm always counseling people that are leaders and, and when sometimes other people make mistakes within their group, it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, sometimes you just got to take one for the team yeah. and do it in a healthy way. Right. Where yeah. you understand that, yeah, I could go and, you know, rip somebody a new one. But right. the reality is, is I'm, I'm going to fall on this sword. Yeah. And I know we use that expression a lot, but sometimes I don't think we fully understand what it means. But right. sometimes I'm just going to do that because yeah. I want I want to keep this thing moving forward. And, you know, as a leader and we're all leaders, 
for ourselves. And then if we're married, we're leaders in our household, male and female. And uh, sometimes you just have to take one and just fall on it. Yeah. Just to move forward. I understand, especially as a leader, you got to own, even if it wasn't you directly, it was you indirectly because you were responsible for that person. Exactly. Exactly. Figuring out how to really own it is good. Yeah. Nobody wants to end up under the bus. Nobody does. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) does. It's not a good feeling when that Number nine bus runs over you. So, wow, this has been great. I I really enjoy just kind of having this open conversation. And and I actually think it's been helpful for our listeners to learn a little bit more about some ways that they may be able to get involved with counseling, find out about some of the programs that are here locally. I mean, so yeah, you work four days a week. You, Mm -hmm. you you know, you see you have a, you have 20 clients at, Mm -hmm. at, at a minimum. What do you do to let your hair down? No pun intended. When you're just relaxing, how do you like to relax here in Northwest Arkansas? Sure. So, I mean, honestly, I do a whole lot of porch sitting, which is maybe not, (laughs) I'm not going to invite all of Northwest Arkansas to come sit on my porch with me, but but we do have a lot of really great outdoor spaces around here. I mean, gosh, that's one of my favorite things about living here. No matter what the sport is that you enjoy, barring maybe like snowboarding, you can find a place to do it. You know, we have tons of great climbing. We have great biking opportunities around here. You can hike, you can just drive and find really beautiful scenes. Um, We have a water sports, you know, there's a kayak park in Siloam. There's, there's so many outdoor spaces. And for me, being outdoors is one of the most life-giving things I can do Sure, because there's some, there's some incredible beauty in nature. And there's also just some very natural rhythms that help you breathe again. And Frankly, I need to remember that I'm small. When I get in the office with people and they're they're hurting and they're, you know, their whole world is crashing around them, it would be easy for me to tend to feel like I need to play God with them and fix them or right. something like that. Or I, okay, it depends on me to save this marriage or, you know, I, it's all up to me. And that amount of pressure wouldn't be healthy for me, but it's it's really not a healthy dynamic for helping them. You know, I I, I can't play God. I can't be God. Sure. So for me to be in the outdoors honestly helps me remember I'm not God. Yeah. (laughs) Just to see that the world is big and beautiful and it operates without me and it runs without me. And I I don't have to be enough. I can let God be God. I can let these people do the work that they need to do. And I can feel more comfortable just coming alongside them as they do their work instead of feeling like I have to fix them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Matt, I love that. Favorite place to eat here in Northwest Arkansas? Oh. I know you got a bunch. I mean, I know you know Chef Aaron, so. I do know I, Chef I mean, Aaron. She cooks in my house sometimes, oh, well, and that's, that's really that's amazing. Even, that's special. Right. So, yeah. You know, I, I really love MJ's, and, okay. which is like. Pizza, looks, yeah. Listen, MJ's, I was telling somebody that, you know, James on the Mill was the place that I visited when I first yes. came here, and and, mm-hmm. and it's no longer here. Uh-huh. But that's, the, you know, that's the, the closest thing that you're going to get. And, yeah. and their their pizza is bar none, some of the best pizza here. Yeah, it's great. And they have great cocktails and stuff too, which is just fun. They have an incredible Caesar salad. Yeah. Like I, it's so good. I mean, they they just spot on lots of their special pieces are good, but then you can get like a calzone or whatever. And it's small and very intimate, which is, I I like that. Yeah, I prefer kind of little hidden places. The other one I was going to say, I think it's called the Mockingbird Cafe. Oh, yeah. In Fayetteville. Down in Fayetteville. Yeah, right in Evelyn Plaza. Again, hole in the wall. Like you, you, unless you know about it, you're not going to see it on the side of the road, but all their food is so good. Yeah. It's very gourmet. They have these cauliflower hot wings. Mm. 
that are out of this world. <laughs> huh, you, I have yeah, not had yeah, those. Yeah, you got to try those. And Mockingbird is kind of like up there nestled in the corner next to the old arcade yes, spot. Arcadia, uh, which is Arcadia. a fun like date, date oh, spot. Oh man, you know? so Go. much fun. So much fun. But very, very good food. I actually went, there was one of the few restaurants that I would get takeout from and go to during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. but it's right in Evelyn Hills Plaza, right before you get to Rick's Bakery, if you're going south on College Avenue, directly across from the VA, Yep. and uh, it's in the same- It's hidden in there. It's hidden. It's in Mm -hmm. the same strip mall as the um, Tacos for Life, and ONF used to be in that strip mall, but there's a lot there, but you you can't see it from the street. Right. You just have to drive in and trust us that it's there up in the corner next to Arcadia. But check out Mockingbird Cafe. Really, really good food. And and, uh, they actually have a really nice brunch. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. definitely. Always rotating specials. Yeah, definitely recommend that. Well, perfect. I appreciate this. This has been fun, Brandy. If people want to reach out to you and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So I I publish a regular blog. That's my, the easiest way is just to go there and to sign up on that blog. It's ittakesabreath.com. And there's also links there to my Instagram, which is brandyk.harris. That'd probably be the best two ways is through the blog and through Instagram. You can find me on the Oaks Counseling website as well, which is just oakscounseling.net. Is that um, Oaks with an E? O-A-K-S. Okay, Oaks Counseling. C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G dot, dot net. Dot net. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Dot net. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And you'll find the whole list of our counselors. That's actually a great way you can kind of browse whatever type of counselor you would want. You can right. click on their profiles and see who they're at. Who they're yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, we'll make sure people do that. We'll put all of this in the show notes as we always do. And awesome. Folks can kind of check this out and and hopefully this will be one of those timeless episodes of I Am Northwest Arkansas that people will come back to or if people are, because I I get people all the time that are relocating here and they're like, well, tell me about this or Mm -hmm. what what about this and is this available? So I've really tried to broaden the guests that we have on this podcast to kind of address a number of different things because again, this podcast is the one I would have wanted to listen to when I was moving here. When I was considering moving here in 2014, there was nothing like it. And actually, there's still really not anything like it because most podcasts right. are very niche focused. Mm-hmm. My niche is Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> and then I branch out from yeah. there. So Yeah, broader strokes. Exactly. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. So perfect. So thank you so much, Brandy sure. Harris, for coming on the podcast. You guys check out her book, Grace for Parents and Love Well. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure we put both of those in the show notes. Are those available on Amazon? They are. They're on Amazon and Lulu.com and Barnes and Noble, all the places. Okay. All right. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, we appreciate it. And again, it's you deal with a heavy topic and a heavy subject matter, marriage and family, uh, and then you know just community counseling and I mean, we certainly realize that your work is quite never done, Mm-mm, right? No. I mean, that's just, there's, <laughs> I mean, I hate to say you have job security, yeah. but you do. But the reality is, is that I kind of wish you didn't. I know. And that's just kind of the state of affairs that we're in. But I think as as our country continues to heal and mm-hmm. uh, and be on the mend and improve our relations, whether racial or otherwise, yes. people like you are going to be at the forefront of helping bridge those gaps mm-hmm. for families, for individuals. So I really appreciate everything that you do You're and uh, certainly will be um, sitting on the sidelines, encouraging your work and hoping to see some real breakthroughs. I hope so too. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. 
You can also listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. And I always say subscribe, but really just follow us wherever you listen to the podcast. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts because we love reviews and we love ratings. Remember, our podcast comes out every Monday. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for a new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.